This episode of Relativity is made possible through the support of Stephen and Catherine Farris, Bill Cariola, Barry Heap, Paul Van Bremen, and Michael W. McClure, and by listeners like you, who support us and get exclusive content through patreon.com slash relativity. It says this is a private audio message that can only be played once. It carries an internal command to delete itself once it has been played. It cannot be copied or archived in any way as it is playing. I think I already know the answer, but can you play that file for us now? I cannot. The file can only be played directly into a cranial audio implant. Specifically, the implant of Dr. Christopher Mason. Relativity. Episode 47. In which a dead man defends himself. Okay, everybody who's surprised by that, say I. Right, neither am I. A suicide note? Peter didn't think he was going to die. You, you, you heard his last recording. He was on his way to killing everybody else, but he was not on the list of people who had to die. Uh, Marcus here again. I'm still on the line. Go ahead, Marcus. We're looking at the file now, and it's some amazingly exotic programming. We can see it, we can open it and look at this code, but we cannot play the audio. Looks like it's designed to take advantage of the central computer sensory apparatus and shut itself down if another person or recording device is detected. So I couldn't open it in here with all of you on the line and with Nadia listening. I'm going to say you have to go someplace where even the central computer can't hear you. Yeah, but where's that? What did he expect, that I'd go out into space to listen to this? You can't hear in a vacuum and you'd die. I was trying to be funny. Now, I know you all think you have reasons to mistrust me, but I am telling you the absolute truth when I remind you that there are portions of the habitat where my scanning is extremely unreliable. She's right. I remember other members of the crew talking about this years ago. There were there are parts of the tropical zone where they had called out to Nadia and she couldn't hear them. The extreme humidity diffuses all electricity. I remember receiving that complaint. It was a design flaw that no one anticipated. So I guess I'm going to the jungle. Only if you feel you're ready. To hear a message Peter left for me that may explain everything? I mean, emotionally. I, I am prepared for that. I am. Um, question. If the doctor goes someplace where the computer can't reach him, how can he download the recording? Uh, oh yeah. I didn't think this all the way out. The file is small enough to be retained in the short-term buffer of Dr. Mason's implant. Huh. Peter thought of everything. So I can go to the habitat and head toward the tropical zone, but before our signal breaks up, you'll shoot the file straight into my implant, is that right? Right. After which you will turn your implant off, then back on again. And the buffered file will play automatically. Okay, then. And we'll wait to hear from you. Whenever you feel like telling us what was in the message. Or if you feel like telling us that it's something you don't want to talk about. Oh, that's very thoughtful, but trust me, I am off to the jungle so I can listen to this whatever it is, and then I plan to come straight back here to tell you <laughs> whatever it was that Peter had to hide like it was the Holy Grail. And said, do you know what I found? It's not a paper copy, of course. It's only digital. Martin Green's Treasury of Gilbert and Sullivan. Yes, more than a hundred years old now. Imagine that. 
How you loved this collection. How old were you when you started learning to play this on the piano? Do we sing them together? Such good times. I saw this and it all came back to me. I can hear your little voice singing from the Mikado and the Pirates of Penzance. So lovely. She loved those silly shows so much. She did. And when she wakes up, she will still love them. Yes? Absolutely. And they're, you know, they're not my favorite thing in the world, but they do seem to be timeless. I feel pretty sure that when she wakes up, there will still be Gilbert and Sullivan operettas. And Shakespeare. I don't think he's going anywhere. Well, it's been 500 years and he's still with us. So, if you are down here, life must be very quiet for your man in space. Uh, not really, no. But we're in one of those periods where I can't help him very much, so I I came down to make sure you're all right. And you find me sitting by the cryo chamber talking to someone who can't hear me. That's perfectly fine. Mama, I'm not going to pretend like I haven't talked to her a little bit myself. I look through the digital library and I find things and I tell her about them. So many of them remind me of when she was young. Younger than she is now. Somebody will find a cure for the virus. They will have to do it very soon. You have plenty of years left in you, Mama. I don't mean because I will die. I mean because everyone will die. Mama. I see the news also, you know. A quarter of the people in the world have the virus. Another quarter are dying because they can't get food or water. And the remaining half, well, the wars will soon kill all of them. All of us. This may not be a good time for you to be watching or reading the news every day. I want to stay informed. You prefer I live in some fantasy world? Total honesty? Yes. I would prefer you wrap yourself up in books about castles and unicorns and knight in shining armor. This is a girl who've always said, Mama, we have to face the facts. Nothing in life matters more than the truth that can be proven. Well, maybe I'm learning that's not always true. I have lived long enough to hear you say this. You happy now? I'm getting happier. Did you do as I said and go outside when your man in space is hearing voices in the trees? That anomaly he observed hasn't repeated. But if it does, if he is there with his trees, and they are behaving strangely, you will go outside and see what the trees here are doing? In the interest of science, yes. It sounds ridiculous, but... I can't think of any arguments against doing it. Oh, and you'll like this. I am also trying to locate Louis Anstey. Remember him? Oh, the crazy cult of Earth fellow? Well, everybody thought he was, but he was not. Anyway, you remember that he talked a lot about strange behavior in plants and about quantum entanglement, and I, I never did understand it all. So, you are following a hunch. You are listening to your gut. It makes no sense to me, but I am doing it anyway. Well, I am proud of you. For doing something for no good reason? For understanding that science is one of many ways through which we may understand the truth. You know, I've never asked you, and it's almost like you're daring me to. Ask me what? What the voices Dr. Mason and I heard meant when they asked, why are there so many when all is one? 
Oh, my opinion. You come asking for my opinion. <laughs> yes. I will tell you. It reminded me at once of a story I heard many years ago. A man seeking the truth of how to live his life traveled the world, and at last he found the spirit leader. The man with all the knowledge. And the traveler? He fell down before the holy man and said, Please tell me, wise man, how should I treat others? And the wise man said, There are no others. Nadia, can you can you still hear me? Your voice signal becoming difficult to detect. Yeah, so is yours. Uh, I think after I get under these trees, it's going to be even harder. I am very signal and receiving signal. Nadia, speak to me, Nadia. Huh. All right then. Let's get comfortable here. And oh, I hate doing this because it hurts, but it's the only way to turn off the implant. Ow. Ow. Okay. I'm going to have to do it again. The next voice I hear will be Peter's. And turning the implant back on. Come on, come on. Message playback. I did not want to record this message or anything like it, but the, the danger, the likelihood that someone will stop me now, and I mean by force, is growing exponentially. And I had hoped that one day I'd be able to stand before the entire crew, or as many of them as there were, and to tell everyone at once why I had to do what I did. Because I know that once they all heard the logic of it, the reasoning, they would understand the cost. They would understand why it was necessary to eliminate the non-compliant members of this crew. I don't think I have much time to record this because Deepa knows. Somehow she figured it out. She was smarter than you. I've been able to monitor her and I can see her taking steps to locate me and to try to warn the crew. Good for her. I've been able to block her so far and it is a very big ship. And she doesn't know it yet, but some of the people she's calling to track me down are already dead. Because, see, I approached them first. I told them that what we were doing was a crime against humanity, against nature, but they didn't seem to care. And I knew there'd be obstacles to my progress, so I had them put to sleep. They didn't suffer. They just inhaled the gas that I put into the engineering section. And they fell asleep. And one by one, I carried them to uh, the freezer in the core. And they'll always be there, preserved. They're uh, timeless. They're... Dead. The word you're looking for is dead. Then I confronted more people about the mission. And I met the same resistance. So I had no choice. And now they're in the core freezer as well. And then it happened again. And again, Pattern emerging, maybe. there are still ten of us, including me, including you, including the captain. But that's... I'm the only person who knows that. Because 
I figured out how to keep our nosy Nadia from following my every move. She thinks there are still 21 people droning away at their little workstations, but now that the captain has caught on to what's happening, I know she has, because she's tried to restrict my access to the computer. And she thinks she's done it, but all she's really done is lock me out of my personal journals. So I fooled her, too. I fooled everybody. Oh, yeah. I have seven more people to interview, and I have high hopes that at least some of them will understand what I'm doing and why. So far, nobody has, but I have not given up hope. I'm deliberately saving Tanya for last, because we'll need her more than any other individual when we reach the new world with a reduced crew and a new method of obtaining reproductive cells. But then you killed her, you moron. See, the people on these missions, Chris, they think they're preserving humanity. But you know what the genetic selection in the core freezer is like. We, we talked about this a million times. Those won't be people. They'll be like something that rolled off an assembly line. Because that's exactly what was going to happen. But I'm putting a stop to it. I'm weeding out the people who still believe that to save humanity, we have to create a, a master race. And I realize this is brilliant if you think about it. I realized that if I had to to kill anybody, the logical thing to do would be to put them in the freezer so that when we arrive at the new world, we'll be able to harvest the wonderfully diverse DNA in these people's sex organs. They'll be preserved. And it will be up to you, my friend, you and me. We will see to it that when the incubator gets fired up, it will be with the DNA from our wonderful mixed race, no, uh, peculiar, no, gloriously diverse no, groupmates, no, no. and you and me and Captain Sedona. Oh my God, my God, my so God! So it may be that it's the three of us alone together for the next fifteen years. But some things have not gone as I planned, and I wonder if it might end up just being Captain Sedona and you and whoever kills me so just in case that happens i wanted to leave this message just for you and i'm counting on you to remember the good times the times you and deep and i sat together for hours talking about the poems of rilke and about the duino elegies so you'd go looking for nadia's copy and then when it wasn't there you'd figure out how to get this but instead. why did you try to blow up the relativity compensator that's it that's all I have to say. The compensator. Do try to remember me as, as I was before all of this and find it in your heart to forgive me. I know that if anybody's capable of doing that, it's you. Goodbye, Chris. Message deleted. You bastard. You total and complete bastard. Harvest the ova and sperm from frozen people's bodies of all the... Short-sighted. My visual scattered. Turning to a brief, we may put a reconnect. Oh, keep trying, Nadia. I'm getting away from the dead zone as fast as I can. I am now reading what more clearly. Yeah. No, you're still breaking up. How am I coming through? I hear you very well now. Good, because I, I gotta catch my breath. I judge from your tone of voice that what you heard was deeply upsetting. That's putting it mildly.
I am so very sorry that you have received such difficult news. I wish there was something I could do to ease your suffering. He thought he was saving humanity. In, in his mind, he was rescuing genetic diversity from the hands of racist ideologues. But surely the human race does require genetic diversity. It does, yes. And human society has always been made stronger through its rich variety of traits and personalities. Absolutely. Peter's heart was in the right place, but his head... God, his, his head was malfunctioning. If he talked to me about any of this... Mission Control, can you read me, Chris? Yeah, I, I, I walked away from the area of greatest interference. Are you all right? Oh, it's no fun having your worst fears confirmed. <sighs> I was afraid that's what would happen. We were right. He was confronting members of the crew one by one or in small groups, and if they didn't agree with his vision of the future, he'd knock them out and drag them into the core freezer. That's what I thought. And why not just shoot them out into space? <laughs> because he wanted the reproductive cells of all those people to get frozen along with the rest of their bodies, so when we reached the new world, we'd have some diverse DNA options. You know... I did wonder if that's why he put them inside the core. And I dismissed it as too bizarre. Did he say why he tried to destroy the compensator? No, and that's one of the reasons I'm so angry right now. That was one of the main things I... I was... Hang on. What is it? What's happening? The exchange of gases in the habitat has shifted ever so slightly. Just as it did before. Chris, what are you seeing? What is happening? It's just like the last time. Uh, if I get up close to uh, a flower, yeah, or the budding of a tree, yeah, they're, they're doing it again. The, the tiny little expansion and contraction. Marcus, are you on headset? <coughs> yes, I'm here. Get back to the flight director station immediately. I need you to take over. On my way. Chris, I am going outside. Outside of mission control? I d- uh, why? Playing a hunch. Going with my gut. I can't wait to find out what you're talking about. I'm taking my headset with me so you can hear. I'll I'll keep talking. And, and you keep talking. Okay, I, I, I wish you could see this. Like, there's a little pink blossom that I'm looking at right now. It's maybe three millimeters across. And it swells up to maybe 3.1 millimeters. It's, it's a tiny difference, but it's noticeable if you look right at it. Okay, outside now. I'm stepping out away from the entrance. I can I can see the antenna right now and everywhere else. The trees. Are you thinking they'll be doing the same thing? That's what my mother says. I can't think of one single reason why that would happen, but I guess it doesn't hurt to look. I'm getting close to one of the trees. There are some small buds on the low branches. And lots of crickets. Yes. When you get this close, they're very loud. I just noticed that the leaves on the trees here that are also they're changing color. The green gets darker and then lighter and then back again. Chris? Yeah? The buds on this branch? They're expanding and contracting. Like they're breathing. Are you absolutely sure. I'm touching one of them. I can feel it moving between my fingers. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm touching with this one too. You're right. You can feel it. And do you hear that? 
all the crickets? Yeah, loud and clear. They've all synchronized. They're singing together. Uh, well, if you think that's amazing. Yeah? The plants here, this little expansion and contraction, it's in time with the crickets. What do you mean? I mean, when they sing up, the buds expand, and when the note goes down, they contract. But That doesn't seem possible. Coincidence? Well, it has to be. The rates are similar, so you're imagining they're synchronized. It has to be coincidence, because because the alternative... The alternative is that the Puerto Rican rainforest and the jungle and the habitat are talking to each other. Relativity, episode 47, in which a dead man defends himself. Written, directed, and produced by Lee Shackelford. Featured in the cast were Alana Jordan, Stephanie Lindsay, Clarence Brown, and Lee Shackelford. Sean Michael McCord was heard as Peter Miblin. The role of central computer Nadia was played by herself. Please rate this program and leave a comment about it wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us attract new listeners to share this journey. And find out much more about the series, including ways you can subscribe, hear past episodes, and connect with us through social media, and how you can get exclusive content, all on our website at relativitypodcast.com. What is Wi-Fi Sci-Fi? It's Girl in Space. Tales of Sage and Savant. The Ninth World Journal. Oz9. Moonbase Theta. Out. It's Girl in Space. What is Wi-Fi Sci-Fi? Find out at wi fi sci-fi.org. Wi-Fi Sci-Fi.